There's many great individuals involved in media. In fact, um, some of them are my friends, and I was involved in the media industry uh, many years ago. But there are concerns that the media industry in general has gone very woke, that it's pushing a radical political agenda. Uh, but it's not just consumers that are having this concern. It's being started to, uh, the issue is being raised by those involved in the industry. Uh, and the latest example is from Canada. So one of the interesting news stories that I saw over January was uh, veteran producer Tara Henley, who resigned from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is the public broadcaster, similar to Radio New Zealand and uh, TVNZ. She started there in 2013, and she resigned after claiming that the network abandoned journalistic integrity to embrace a radical political agenda. Now, she's not the first uh, to resign recently, Barry Weiss from the New York Times, which she'll refer to shortly, you'll hear that. Andrew Sullivan, who's a conservative writer. Even some people in the media in New Zealand are raising concerns about this agenda being pushed by the media. Uh, and you may be saying, well, you know, is she uh, right-wing? Is she a conservative? Is she a Christian? No, she's actually from the political left. So I saw two interviews, one by GB News and one by Toronto Sun. And I just want to show you some clips like that. Let her tell the story of why she resigned. And the first thing she was asked is, what were the reasons that she resigned from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation? So, uh, I have been working in media for a very long time. And I've been working at the CBC uh, since 2013 with a break to write my book. And uh, because I was in the producer pool, I worked in a lot of different newsrooms, um, a lot of different shows, uh, both in Vancouver and in Toronto. So I got a really good sense of sort of what's happening at the network, uh, bouncing around from shows like that. And uh, the sort of woke worldview had always been in the building, but over the last two years, those views have become more extreme and they have become more pervasive. And the ability to voice opposing views has been less and less possible. Now, I won't say that I didn't voice it. I voiced it all the time in the newsroom, but uh, it was just more and more difficult to get uh, different perspectives on the air. And I started to um, really puzzle over this woke worldview. I didn't understand where it was coming from. And so I've been researching it for about the last year and a half. And it is strange in that it promotes itself as leftism, but it is so illiberal. And so I think it's very puzzling to the public. And you mentioned and politically, the complaints. Tara, where would you say you stood politically yourself? So I'm on the left, very firmly on the left and always have been. But my understanding of the woke perspective is that it is not traditionally leftist. As I mentioned, it's illiberal. It's, uh, you know, not in very concerned with the, the material conditions of people's lives. It's much more interested in talking about language and representation. And there is nothing wrong with the woke worldview being represented. I would like it to be one of the views in the room. I just don't want it to be the only view in the room. Well, that's uh, very refreshing. Not the only view in the room. Now, on one of the other interviews with uh, the Toronto Sun, she was asked for examples that she had seen just recently of where this agenda was being pushed. Uh, and she refers to Dave Chappelle, which was the Netflix. Uh, he's a comedian and it was on Netflix and he talked about transgender. It was all part of a whole uh, uh, comedy routine. Uh, but a small minority of people got very upset with this, tried to get him pulled from Netflix. And of course, the media only covered 
that very small minority. Have a listen to her response. One of the things that sort of tipped it over the edge for me was the Dave Chappelle coverage. Uh, you know, Dave Chappelle is a huge comic. He's incredibly popular. Uh, his comedy means a lot to a lot of people. And I, I didn't see that view reflected in the controversy over the Netflix special. That was one thing. Another thing was the vaccine mandates. Uh, I think that robust discussion is required on that topic. Uh, it's a massive societal change. And I, I didn't hear robust debate on that topic. Yeah. Those were two of many, many, many um, different topics that, you know, over the last couple of years. Well, don't you like that term, robust debate is needed? It certainly is. Now, she was also asked about the Trump effect because it was probably 2016 Donald Trump that started to really uh, challenge the media, the fake news uh, accusation. And the media responded by basically saying that anyone who supported Trump was a deplorable, was public enemy number one. Uh, and, sh and, and remember that Tara is coming from the left. Uh, so Trump, she wouldn't have voted for Trump or she wouldn't be a Trump supporter. Uh, but have a listen to her response. Interesting you bring up 2016 because that was a huge moment. That was a major miss for us in the media. We did not see that coming. You also brought up the idea of a backlash, you know, that, that sometimes when you ignore a big pop part of the population and, and silence a big part of the population, you get a backlash. I don't want to mm -hmm. see that kind of backlash. So I think it's important to have these conversations. They're happening everywhere. I talk to people about this all the time. They're not happening in public. They need to happen in public. Mm -hmm. You brought up Barry Weiss, and Barry Weiss is someone that I really admire and respect. When her resignation letter came out, it had a huge impact on me, and I have watched her at Substack have an actual robust discussion about these issues, mm -hmm. have a wide range of views to say the things that are currently off the table to be talked about in mainstream press. We need to start talking about these things. And as you can see, uh, a lot of uh, these journalists are going to Substack, which is a, a place where they can write and there can be a lot of comment. In fact, I'll post her article uh, in the comment section so that you can at least read the article in full. Uh, she was then asked um, by GB News as to whether it was just Canada that had this problem. Now, you probably know the answer to this question, but here's her response. I think we're seeing this in newsrooms all, uh, all across the Western world. And I think that's why, as you mentioned before, we're seeing so many journalists now slowly begin to object to it and to say that this is not good for journalism and it's not good for democracy. In the case of uh, you know my newsrooms that I worked in, I could see a lot of... Uh, uh, sort of pressures bearing down on the newsroom. There was Twitter, which has an undue influence, which presents the woke worldview as a consensus view when it is absolutely not in the public. You also had uh, economic concerns uh, kind of bearing down on the newsroom. It's a collapsing business. There was a lot of use of precarious employment. And so people working in the newsroom were having to audition for their jobs every day, which does not lend itself well to speaking out on things. And then on top of that, you had the top-down pressures. You had the sort of ideologically based diversity initiatives that were being uh, sort of mandated from the very top. And to be clear, I am not arguing against diversity in any way. I'm, I'm arguing for more diversity. Uh, I, I'm arguing for the um, range of perspectives to be increased, not just through a racial lens, but also through economics and education and region and religious beliefs. So I'm, I'm arguing for more views to be represented. 
And just finally, uh, you know, one of my criticisms, I think, of the media is that they don't report the facts. They push an agenda. They push a message. Uh, that was our accusation against them during the cannabis referendum, that it was very biased. And there's some other issues currently being talked about, like the conversion therapy ban, very biased media coverage. Uh, and she was asked about this, about, about whether the media are basically pushing the narrative rather than reporting the facts. And that is certainly something that I hear from the public all the time, that the public does not want to be scolded. The public does not want to be told what decisions to make. Uh, for the most part, I think the public would like us to present the broad range of views uh, right across the spectrum and allow them to take that information, to take those facts, to take those opinions and make up their own minds on where to go. And I think part of the problem with journalism now is that journalism has begun to think of itself as responsible for the decisions of the public and responsible for influencing public behavior. And I, I think that's a mistake. Well, that's a very refreshing interview, isn't it? And it can't come soon enough. I think uh, we're all concerned about the agenda of the media and what messages they're pushing and some of the debate that they're shutting down. And so when you have actual whistleblowers coming out of the media industry, then maybe we will start to see progress. And for the media to be held account and to get back to that balance that we all want. It can't come soon enough. Mm -hmm.